Hey there, heart friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm your other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Why should we add to the lies that you're being fed consistently throughout? Girl, you said it. (laughs) We are not here to be liars in media. No. We are truth speakers. Our truth seekers, at the very least. Hey, speaking in tandem. We're speaking our truth, but I guess that's what people who spread lies are also thinking they're doing. Are we liars? Are we spreading lies? I mean, isn't it all a lie? Well, it's all an illusion, but I don't know if illusions are lies. It was a perfect illusion. perfect illusion. Should we introduce ourselves? Yes, please. (laughs) I'm Brandon Alter. I am a queer spiritual healer. I am a teacher of astrology and tarot, and I'm also a writer and a performer. I'm doing a lot of songwriting recently, so I'm going to claim that. And I'm your husband. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a a little bit more excitement there, please. Once more with feeling, darling. Uh, And who are you? I am Angel Lopez. I am a writer, a producer, a astrologer, Mm -hmm. queeler, healer, dealer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, A a peddler of truths. A peddler of truths. (laughs) Do you have like a little wagon that you travel around from town to yeah, town exactly. with? exactly, with a little horn. Like, yeah. Burp, burp, burp. Here I am. Uh, and I am your husband. You are. And you've been a great husband, taking care of me and my many birthday needs this past week. Oh, thank you. My birthday has not always been a time for celebration, as Angel can say. But over the last few years, I've really taken it by the horns. Yeah, it used to be a dark day. It used to be a dark day. It used to have a birthday storm. Well, when you have Sun Square Saturn, sometimes when you have your birthday, you feel that Saturn Square. But instead, I decided to work with Saturn and take responsibility for my birthday and plan things that I know would bring me joy. And my birthday has grown and grown, and now it encompasses a whole week. (laughs) Yeah, now that I think about it, it was actually around your Saturn return, I feel like, that it shifted. Yeah, totally. So I had a beautiful birthday week, and I got an astrology reading with Anne Orderly, who you know we love, one of our favorite astrologers. Not my favorite astrologer, because that would be Angel Lopez. Thank you. One of the world's first astrologers, Mm -hmm. as told in a past life regression. (laughs) But we went out to the desert. I just kind of rolled into a check, and I hope that's okay. Live your life, Thanks, girl. Live your dreams. So we went out to the desert, which is... My most happy sanctuary, besides our home, which is a very happy sanctuary for me. But the desert has always been, particularly Joshua Tree in the high desert, has always been a very sacred place for me. And I hadn't been since December of 2020, which is a very long time for me. So uh, we stayed out there for a couple of nights with some of our closest friends and just communed with the high desert and some pretty intense winds, Mm -hmm. which were kind of amazing. And we also checked out our retreat property, which is where we'll be hosting our first ever Spiritual Gaze Cosmic Healing Retreat. Come on, come all. Queelers, gazers, quarpenters. <laughs> we want you. So all Quengineers. the infor- uh, Quengineers. 
All the information's on our website. It's happening May 6th through 9th. It's three nights, four days, Friday to Monday. Yes. A weekend um, the government refers to as Mother's Day weekend. So Not come. that we're taking away from the mothers out there. We're actually giving you yeah, a gift. Celebrate yourself <laughs> and leave your children and your partners behind. <laughs> yeah, you come get embraced by Mother nature and mother earth yeah it'll be taurus season the moon will be in leo uh and also in cancer respectively Mm -hmm. and we so apropos yeah we are really excited to get everybody together in a circle and we'll be doing all sorts of healing breath work astrology tarot um and we'll also be working a little bit with some animist practices not unlike the deep dive we're going to do into power animals here today cool i can't believe we've never done that i know right yeah I know it's kind of wild. So that's the retreat. Sign up now. We have an early bird special that goes until March 1st. Yeah. And then um, you can still sign up. It's just you don't get the little discount. Mm-hmm. And all the information's on the website. And reach out to us if you have any questions. And I think that's it. Yeah. No scholarships for this just because our overhead's pretty high. But we are allowing people to camp on property yeah. if you're wanting to cut your costs down. Um And we are seeking kitchen assistance, if that's something you're interested in as well, for like a reduced rate. Yeah. Because our um, on-site chef definitely needs a little bit of help. So yeah, we're definitely um, gathering a little list of folks who are interested in that. We'll see how many folks we need. Yeah. But I'm so excited. It's been a long time coming, and we are going to open up a pretty magical portal, and we're just going to bask in each other for four days. Yeah, and it's coming right on the tail end of Jupiter's run through pisces it'll be at the very end of jupiter in pisces so we're just gonna get real spiritual freaky yeah can't wait expanding our spiritual perceptions and drinking in the healing but you were saying you were in the desert your birthday spending time with your closest with your most loved well i don't want to say that because people you know I'm sure you would have invited everyone you know and love. I mean, you you know I would have. That house was amazing. And they had so many sleeping arrangements. You could have jammed like 14 people into that house. Yeah. Now, there were only three bathrooms, so that would have been a problem. Yeah. But it was really rejuvenating. And I am definitely feeling like I got some spiritual energy poured into my cup. Oh, good. Yeah. She ain't overfloweth, but she got some juice in there. (laughs) So I'm I'm sipping my spiritual juice, and uh, I'm happy to be in Pisces season, which always feels pretty nice, because it takes up my 12th house, and so I like to be there. And I'm excited for what we have on the horizon. What about you? What's your check-in? Let's see. What is my check-in? Well, I feel like everyone out there, I'm still just navigating a lot of getting present with the new order of things. And I think on some level catching up with all the changes that have occurred, not just in myself, but in my relationships, in my work. I'm noticing for myself uh, now that we've been spending more time with people, venturing out a bit more, that it takes me a real good minute to feel comfortable and just present being... um, myself. And I think I'm a little more aware of how was a little bit more like performative presentational at times. 
And now I just don't have any space for that or patience for that. And so it's like interesting going into these social environments where I start to talk and I reckon I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's not who you are now. Like, don't even you don't need to do that. And as I bring more of myself forward, I realize that, oh, I don't need to do that. Like people don't people don't need that from me either. You know, I'm sure people on some level even prefer <laughs> just me being straight up myself and um, whether it comes with uh, a quiet presentation or a boisterous presentation, it doesn't really matter. And I, I've just found myself bringing more presence to the table um, or at least like trying to lean into that. I think if anything, I'm probably most challenged still like in my family dynamics um, you know, and that's, I think that just comes with like navigating some real challenges in that area. Well, those uh, are also like the longest, most firmly entrenched yeah. patterns that exist. Exactly. They've known you the longest. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I also think it's just about like, how am I relating to myself and still like relating to myself in old ways. And I think that's like the biggest challenge. You know, I see it particularly like in my writing and my approach to my writing. It's like my resistant fearful self is still showing up when there's really no space for that at this point in time. Like I need to just step in it from this like grown ass excited um, and really like a grown ass excited response to the opportunities that are being presented to me. And I think like um, I'm still showing up in those old ways and that's really got to shift. So trying hopefully to do some of that work around Pisces season. I think for me, uh, Pisces is an opportunity to really deepen my relationship with myself and obviously with spirit and trying to move through that. And I recognize even just in my spiritual work, I'm always like, use my voice, spirit, like use my voice, use my gifts. And I think even I, I have found ways to try and bring that to my writing uh, and to some of the work around the writing, but I need to commit to that even more because mm. I think that'll help. Well, that new moon in Pisces is a great new moon happening in just like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And that's a spiritual commitment sort of moon. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, and interestingly for me, it happens in Pisces goes through mostly my 11th house. So it is very much about like being a spiritual person in the world yeah well you'll have mercury and aquarius in your 10th house in that new moon too so writer in the career yeah yeah but i think i'm also just like very anxious and eager to get toward to my next birthday so which is yes next month yes so part of me is feeling like i just want to get there because it's been a fucking hard year and i feel like i need some sort of like marker of change too Mm. (laughs) and i know that's that might be a cop out of me trying to like you know look towards something or put put too much energy onto something but at the same time i don't know there's something in that that is important to me have you peaked at your solar return chart for next year because that is a big shift yeah and is it lovely i don't know if it's lovely but it's definitely interesting exciting i have mercury on the ascendant what yeah for my solar return chart so that i think is like exciting for me because i am 
someone who is really trying to use their voice more. Yeah. And And to identify as a writer, as a Mercury figure. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That's amazing. Oh, how interesting. You've got Mercury on the Ascendant and I've got Neptune on the Ascendant for my solar return chart. Yeah, I know. So just Mercury and Neptune. Mm -hmm. They do well together. Yeah. So yeah, so you're going to be a Pisces rising then? Yeah, I actually became a Pisces rising when we moved here to Sunland to Hunga. Oh, right, because it shifted. Because it shifted my ascendant from one degrees of Aries to 29 degrees of Pisces, which actually makes sense because I am much more mutable out here in the wilderness mm-hmm. than I am in the city. Um, a little more drifty, dreamy, and... I was thinking that was a problem, but understanding that that's just what my chart wants to do out here is giving me permission to kind of lean into that. Yeah. And for anyone out there, if you're curious of like, oh, did location shift my chart at all? You can just just shift the location on your chart, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. just keep all your birth information, but just plug in where you live now and that will change your rising sign, and that will give you a sense. You know, it'll change your midheaven. It'll change your descendant. It changes the angles. Yeah, it's not permanent change by any means. It's just giving you like a shade, a secondary flavor. Yeah, there's a little bit of shade there. Yeah, listen, I will always be a fucking impatient, aggressive, loud Aries rising. But here, cheers to that. <laughs> but here in my little woodland sanctuary, I'm definitely a 29 degree Pisces <laughs> rising with. 29 degrees of Sagittarius on my midheaven, which is right there by the galactic center, which y'all know I'm fucking obsessed with. So I was like, of course, that's why I'm like talking about the galactic center and, you know, teaching about it. I just had a vision of you like opening an ice cream shop called the galactic center. Oh my gosh. And every ice cream has like something surprising in the the middle. In the middle, like where the cone and the ice cream meet. Honestly, my Taurus North Node is all about an ice cream shop. Well, we could open up a joint ice cream flower shop. But my Pisces rising, if we did it here, would be like, we're only open like two days a week and they're weird hours. Yeah, from 2 to 5 a.m. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm asleep. You might not be. Maybe. Uh, should we just uh, do a little bit of a... Yeah. Yeah. Let's head into this episode's Cosmic, Cosmic Update. So, it is Pisces season. What a season of compassion. Uh, just some shout outs to the folks who joined us for our Pisces season Astro, uh, Club. Astro Club meeting. We had... Uh, we recording this. Uh, we actually had it last night. We're recording this the day after, um, but it was super fun, and we always enjoy uh, connecting with everyone there. Uh, so think about joining us for the Aries season one that'll be coming up uh, next month. Yeah, it's a big one, Aries season, because it takes us into the spring equinox and yes. kind of gives us a sense of the next couple of months in a way. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, but we are in Pisces season, y'all. And what do we know about Pisces? Boundless. Spiritual, imaginative, dreamers, mystics, sometimes addicts. Flakes. Sometimes flakes. (laughs) Uh, You know, Pisces is connected to the depths of, you know, what we can't see, what we can't hear, you know, of that spiritual nature. 
And with that comes some challenges of existing on the like actual physical plane. So they have to find really beautiful, creative, imaginative ways to do so, which is why Pisces rules like photography and film, you know, visual art. It's like finding really interesting, fluid ways to capture reality. Um, you know, music is like a big part of Pisces as well. You know, it's like capturing these moments of presence, but then finding ways that they'll exist throughout time and really connect us to our deeper selves as well. You know, watching uh, a movie by yourself and crying in the dark is pretty damn Piscean. Yeah, or also like reading a fictional novel and getting lost in an imaginary world is mm -hmm. also very Pisces. Listening to music, creating music, singing in the bathtub, very Pisces. You know, all of these sorts of like watery, getting swept away sorts of feelings. These are the energies yes. that the, the last sign of the Zodiac rules. And somebody in Astro Club actually said Pisces contains all the other signs right. because it is the last one. And I was like, yes, it's true. We throw all of the signs into a blender and the smoothie that we pour out is Pisces. It has a little bit of everything because it is the end. It is the culmination and the integration and the release as we prepare for the beginning again. Yeah, so with Pisces, you can feel all, you can see all, you know, if, if anyone who has Pisces energy knows that they can like go into a space and like kind of really feel the energy of the room and of the people that they're with. It's a very intuitive sign, arguably the most intuitive. Yeah, but it can be hard because if you're not aware of how intuitive you are, you might think that everything you're feeling is yours when really yeah. it belongs to everybody that's around you and you're just picking it up. You're like a radio antenna that is attuned to every frequency. Every frequency, all. So... Which is also why Pisces love substances, because when they're drunk or they're high or they're shopping or they're eating or they're fucking or whatever, they are not as aware of those frequencies, right? It, it feels like it lessens the sensitivity in some way, yeah. which is why all of our Pisces need to understand how to do grounding practices and boundaries and things of that nature so that you don't have to resort to a bottle of wine just to stop feeling what you're feeling all around you. Yeah, it makes me think actually of like, in a world of pre-streaming days when I would just get into my car or I'd be at home and turn on my radio, um, I had so many experiences where I would be like singing a song or humming a song and I would turn on the radio and the song would be on. Mm. And that so always felt like, well, it felt like my Mercury in the 12th house, but yeah. it also really felt like my Mars in Pisces. Totally. Too. Yeah. Um, and I still have that experience sometimes. That little Martian antenna connected to the music. Yeah. Exactly. So really valuable for everyone out there who has Pisces placements to know that uh, you have to work a little extra hard at establishing those boundaries for yourself, you know, really taking care of your energy because you easily absorb other people's shit. But also just know for everyone listening that in Pisces season, we all become a little more sensitive, a little sensitivo. For sure. Yeah. And and it can feel a little bleak sometimes when you are so sensitive to the like onslaught of everything. Mm -hmm. And so Pisces season is a time to be really gentle and to be really tender with yourself and to create those little sanctuaries that you need so that you can protect yourself. 
Yeah. Whether that's your bathroom and you take a bath or it's staying in bed for an extra hour or going to sleep an hour earlier or just kind of luxuriating in your bedroom or finding those little places, those little nooks where you feel protected and well-boundaried. Yeah. Because those of you who don't really like to play in the waters of sensitivity will find them rising around you. So it's important to get really comfortable in that sensitive space. And like Brandon said, you know, finding um, spaces for yourself, you know, places for yourself, times for yourself to get away, be comfortable in it for yourself without other people getting in, getting in on your shit. And then we've got the new moon in Pisces, which is happening next Wednesday. And if you sign up for What's the date on that, uh, the second, yes, it happens on the second, um, nine 34 AM Pacific time. If you sign up for our newsletter, you'll get a whole write-up about the new moon and the tarot scopes that come along with the new moon. But this is a really beautiful new moon because it's Sun and Moon and Jupiter and Neptune all in Pisces. So it's a new moon that answers to itself because it's answering to the two rulers of Pisces, Jupiter and Neptune, who are currently residing in Pisces. Mm -hmm. So this is a really sweet new moon to be setting intentions, particularly spiritual or creative or emotional intentions, and using the magic of the water, whether that's sweat or tears or the river or the ocean or even just a bucket full of water um, using the water to kind of help you initiate those new goals and dreams that you're wanting to to start with your heart yeah and there's a lot of energy around passion with this because we have mars and venus conjunct right now um and they're i mean and they're, you know they're passionate yeah, when, they're, exactly. when they get in bed together it is spicy yes and they're pretty much dancing with each other um through these first couple weeks of March and have been through these last couple weeks of February. Um, and so when that happens, it does offer this extra boost of passion around what you value, you know, really taking initiative, uh, finding ways to move forward um, the things that you really value or uh, or where you want to be placing value in your life. So this new moon can be a time to really um, get passionate about the vision you want for yourself, to really lean into the larger dreams that you have and Making sure that you're not dreaming a dream that no longer wants to be in existence, that maybe perhaps you were holding on to for reasons unknown or because they were dreams put on you by someone else. Um, and maybe you're just even like getting comfortable with you know the dreams you have for yourself. Maybe just in the last couple of years, everyone was going through all these large shifts um, around what do I want for myself? What's my authentic goal what's my authentic dream so you may have just kind of been dipping your toes in it but now's a really good time to actually just dive the fuck in it's great that's really good advice and because it's a cosmic update and it's been a minute i do feel like we should just mention the one other big kind of transit day which is the fifth which is saturday mm -hmm. which is when we have sun conjunct jupiter and we also have venus and mars conjunct stepping into aquarius so this is a pretty big day because the sun conjunct jupiter in pisces this is showing you where you want to grow where's the next step of your expansion and the sun's mm -hmm. going to illuminate that for you and it, there's a lot of optimism 
So when the Sun and Jupiter come together, they're happy. They throw a party. And then with Venus and Mars coming together in Aquarius... Right at zero degrees. Right at zero degrees, which is where the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction happened in December of 2020. And so with Venus and Mars coming to that same kind of sensitive point in the Zodiac, it's going to take us back to the end of December of 2020. And it's going to ask us to review where are we still passionate. Mars and Venus bring that passion to that place in the sky. And with the Sun conjunct Jupiter, it gives us the optimism and the hope that we need to kind of move forwards with those passions. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's like, let's go back and like, see the work that we were excited about then. But maybe we didn't actually know how to like, tangibly practice it and now that we're that the personal planets are all in there coming through they're like okay here's how we practice it here are the people who can help you here are the day-by-day steps you can take to actually start to put it into practice yeah i think hope is like the ocean there's high tide and there's low tide and we're going to be approaching some high tide hope well, thankfully, hope floats. Oh, my goddess. <laughs> I never saw that movie, but you're right, it does. I actually don't think I ever saw the movie. Do we need to watch Hope uh, Floats? Who's in that movie, even? Sandra Bullock. What? Sandy B. Girl, we're watching it. Let's do it. All right, babies. <laughs> That's your cosmic update. Just watch Hope Floats. Just watch Hope Floats, guys. Pisces That's season. You Pisces, Pisces season. season. Your Hope Floats. I wonder if there's a drag queen called Hope Floats. Uh, there should be. <laughs> it's got to be at this point. If you're a drag queen named Hope Floats, DM us. Well, and she's always at the Pride Parade because she's always Hope Floats <laughs> on a float. Just waving. Just waving. Inspiring. <laughs> well, is it time? Yeah. To, speaking of, you know, d- being in the depths. Let's move from the cosmos back down to planet Earth in this episode's Deep Dive Splash. We wanted to do an episode dedicated to power animals because it's a really meaningful part of both Angel and my spiritual practice. And I also think it's a concept that's fairly intuitive, but has also become a little trendy and has been divorced from the reality of what's actually going on. And I don't mean to be too Saturnian here, but one of my biggest spiritual pet peeves is when somebody calls something their spirit animal. Because that doesn't really exist as like a phrase, right? That's something that I think was like created by Urban Outfitters so that like you could buy a t-shirt with a unicorn on it. Or like when I say share is my spirit animal, I'm speaking in jest. But we're talking about something real and serious. We're talking about guardian spirits that are an animal form. And this is kind of a ubiquitous practice throughout all kind of ancient peoples. Yeah. But quickly to say, if you have been using spirit animal to actually address maybe a very personal connection you do have with an animal... Just know you may want to adjust it now to power animal. Or animal spirit. Yes. I just think, like, you know, spirit animal, it's just, it's got this energy to it now where you're like, oh, she's my spirit animal. It's like, you know, like spirit animal is like who you are when you go to Coachella, right? And you're like wearing one of those spirit hoods that, you know, it's just, it's just. Do you want me to post the pictures of you in. It was a long time ago, (laughs) Hanny. Okay, I've grown. (laughs) Mommy's grown. So we wanted to I'll post the pictures everyone. Expand upon this concept because it's really meaningful and it's quite accessible and we offer 
you know, monthly opportunities to come and kind of do this work in our spirit world circle. And we'll certainly be doing it at the retreat, but you might even have a flash of a power animal or two that have been working with you, maybe even since birth. So we are in the animistic realm with this episode. We're talking about animism and we're talking about spirits. And these spirits that we're talking about are not dead people. These are divine spirits. And so power animals are literally guardian spirits that are connected to you individually because they carry with them the spiritual essence of that animal. So your pet is not your spirit animal. <laughs> it's not your power animal. It might be your familiar, as Noche certainly is ours, but a power animal doesn't connect you to one animal. It connects you to all animals. So for example, if you are working with the power animal whale, it's capital whale with a capital W connecting you to the essence energy of all whales, not just like a whale. And it might be more specific. It might be like gray whale or killer whale. And there's something really specific about that particular expression of divine energy. I work with the sperm whale. Yeah, hey. <laughs> so the thing about power animals is they they may not actually be those animals, but rather they're spirits that are taking the form of that animal, which represents what you need right now. So like the greater archetypal energy. Yes, or uh, some sort of divine spirit that takes the form of an animal so that you can receive a particular piece of power. Like, it's that flavor of divine ice cream that you need, but don't get hung up. And I, th I think of one student of ours who had a particular power animal, let's just say it was a lobster. And at a certain point, after working with this power animal for many, many different uh, journeys, uh, the, the spirit said to this person, you know, I'm not a lobster, right? <laughs> you know, I'm not actually a lobster. So there's this sense that like they take this form so that we can understand them and work with them, but they're actually more than that. And they carry with them significant power. Um, and they can appear sometimes as human or animal or a mixture of both. So I've had certain power animals that in moments have taken a human form or they are, you know, kind of anthropomorphized. And the reason why we work with power animals is because they are really powerful guardian spirits. And a lot of traditions believed that every child was born with at least one, usually two power animals that kind of helped them navigate the invisible realities of being alive and brought them the power that they needed. And, and power isn't just energy, although it is energy for sure, but power is also knowledge. Power protects us. Power keeps us in flow with life itself. And when we're connected to a spiritual source of power, which is what the power animals bring us, we just feel better. We feel robust. Our life tends to go a lot more easily as opposed to feeling like we have to do it all, all ourselves. So how do you know who your power animals are? Well, it's not the same thing as being attracted to a certain animal. Like you might really love dolphins, but that doesn't necessarily mean that dolphins are one of your power animals. They might be an animal to which you feel an affinity or a kinship, but to understand who your power animal is, they need to come to you either in a dream or in a specific journey, or you can have um, someone retrieve a power animal for you. And it's generally not the animal that you want. <laughs> 
it's the one that you need. And it comes with the particular power, magic, essence that you need for a particular situation or a particular time. And we have many power animals throughout our lives. Some might stay with us for a good long time, maybe from birth to death, and others just kind of float in and out as we need them. There might be a power animal for a particular project or a business or even a relationship. I have retrieved power animals for places that kind of act as protective spirits for homes. And if you work with the power animal and you engage with them regularly, they tend to stick around a little longer. And if you don't kind of tend that relationship, like any other relationship, they might leave you. And so ways in which you can tend that relationship are building some sort of shrine uh, to that particular animal. So a photo or some sort of like little figurine, a candle, you leave offerings. Like once a week I come into the spirit room and I change out all the water on all my shrines, you know. Um, you can also dance your animal, calling the animal to you. And the power animals really love this because they don't have bodies, right? They're spirits. So when you invite a power animal to come into your body and you can dance that animal, they really enjoy that because all of a sudden they get to remember what it's like to be in form. And we really like that because we get a taste of their power. And so there are lots of myths about, about people that could shape shift into different animals. And I'm not sure if it's true so much that we actually change our physical form, but rather we are endowed with the characteristics of that animal through a merged state, and that lets us deepen our connection, and it also transmits that power. And the reason why we have these specific power animals, I believe, is it's like a circuit breaker. There's so much spiritual power out there, and we wouldn't necessarily be able to receive or absorb it. And so the power animal kind of acts like that circuit breaker that lets in just what we need so that we're not kind of blown out. Our spiritual circuits aren't blown out. And so you get what you need. And that's the truth with any animist practices. You don't get what you want, but you do always get what you need. And the more you can trust that process, the more you start to understand why these specific animals are wanting to work with you. And it becomes a really deep, really intimate, really moving relationship. And then oftentimes they will appear in real life. Sometimes it's like a picture of them or it's on TV. Uh, and sometimes it is actually like right there in front of your fucking face. <laughs> right. But you can be working with multiples at the same time, right? 100%. And there's really no limit to how many power animals a person can have. I think some people have a lot of power animals that they're working with and some people have just a couple. And it's just about how many relationships can you manage at the same time. Right. And because animism is all about your own experience, that's the most important thing to hold above all else is what are you experiencing in non-ordinary reality? What animals are coming to you and, and how are they making your life better, answering your questions, giving you healing or not? You know, some, some spirits are just more aligned with us and do better work for us and other spirits just don't cut the mustard. And so you don't want to necessarily develop those relationships. Dang, you just didn't cut the mustard for me. Um, now, you talked about having like some sort of shrine or, you know, some sort of representation of the animal. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, are you supposed to keep that relationship somewhat private or internal? Like I shouldn't, should I, can I go, can I wear like 
get a jacket with a cheetah on the back and be like, oh, it's my power animal? Or does that dilute it? I think that bragging about power is the quickest way to lose your power. So it all depends on your intention. If you want a garment with a representation of your power animal on it because you put it on, it makes you feel connected. Right. Awesome. But you don't have to be like touting it everywhere you go. I wouldn't. Yeah. And I really don't like to reveal the identities of my power animals because I think there's something about spiritual power that when it stays in a closed container, it continues to grow. And when it's released, it starts to dissipate. And so, of course, like in a in a safe relationship, like I think Angel and I are pretty aware of each other's spiritual allies and power animals, but it's because this is a this is a closed container and we trust each other. Yeah. When we're literally the spiritual case. Yeah. So. But like you ain't gonna see us like posting pictures on Instagram of like our power animals because it's private. Oh shit, I gotta go pull that down. Hold on. Okay, take it down. And I think, you know, there are certain occasions where you can just ask the power animal, like, is it okay if I mention you by name in this particular situation? And from time to time, that has come up in a teaching situation or a healing situation. But I'm not spreading those identities all around town. Right. And again, like, if you were to come over to our house, you would see there's a lot of animals represented here in our home. <laughs> so many. Some are power animals, and some are just animals that we feel affinity towards. It's so, a home goods over here. It's a home goods over here. It's a, it's a queer safari. And so they're hidden among all these animals, and you might have to you might have to guess. Yeah, that's our design aesthetic. So going back to the process of meeting or connecting with a power animal, and we actually have an episode. It's an old episode all about how to take a shamanic journey, which we now call spirit tripping, just because we don't like to use the word shamanic because it's very specific and it feels a little appropriative. So we call it a spirit trip, but there's an episode all about that, and that's how you would meet your power animal. And having met the power animal, you can start to take subsequent trips to deepen that relationship. There's usually a place in the invisible world that you go and meet that animal. And then you can call them to you, particularly when you're out in nature. So like when I'm hiking, I like to call some of my power animals to be with me and around me. It's, it's a way in which you start to feel not just an idea of power, but an actual connection to power. And they are like different faces of the divine. So it's not so much that we're worshiping these animals per se, but we understand from an animistic point of view that everything is God. Everything contains some aspect of the divine. Yeah. And so when we are working with these spirits, who may or may not be animals, but are taking these animal forms, we are understanding them as a really personal way to deepen our relationship with the all that is, with the goddess herself with the universe, with the cosmos, with that divine spark. And sometimes these animals will behave in non-traditional ways. So you might have a snake that flies or a dragon that swims or, you know, a spider in a spaceship, you know, and these are happening in your spirit trips because these animals are trying to reveal to you that they are more than as they appear. Yeah, mine wears clothes. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's so cute. It is. Different clothes every time or kind of the no, same outfit? There's an outfit. That's so cute. I love it. And they might appear different times in different ways. So sometimes they appear a little bit more cartoonish, and sometimes they appear a little bit more literal, and sometimes yeah. they're 
uh, you know, anthropomorphized and they're kind of bipedal and walking on two legs. And sometimes they take the human form and sometimes they're half and half. And, and it's because the form is just a means to an end. And that's kind of animism in general, which is like, don't get too attached to the form, get attached to the feeling, get attached right. to the information. Yeah, the message. Because forms change, just like we change. Now, I think it should also be said that power animals are not the only kind of helping spirit out there. There are ancestral helping spirits. There are spiritual teacher helping spirits like the Buddha or Jesus or ascended masters. There are angels. There are middle world helping spirits like trees and plants and um, rivers and mountains. But power animals, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because humans feel very connected to animals, maybe because we are animals. Mm-hmm. You see power animals just kind of represented all around the world. And you might even find that there are power animals that are connected to your particular lineage. If you are somebody that knows your family crest, perhaps there's an animal that's depicted on that family crest that could be a power animal. There are power animals that work with, you know, specific groups of people. And so we have access to all of this. And again, it may not be forever, just like some friendships aren't forever, but they're there when you need them. So if you're having a particularly hard time, you might need a power animal to get you through it. You might need a power animal that teaches you tenderness or a power animal that teaches you ferociousness, ferocity. I think is the word there. And that also brings up the point that no power animal is better or more powerful than another. The mouse, the power animal mouse, is just as meaningful and robust as power animal shark. They just bring different flavors of divinity. Mm -hmm. And again, you might be feeling like you want and need shark, but it turns out that what you really need is ostrich. And that's because we are not always the best people to diagnose what it is that we need. And that's where you go to spirit, because they do know. Now, can we talk about like traits that are associated with animals and particularly like in relationship with a lot of animal oracle decks and power animal representations and such? For example, there are a lot of decks out there that are associated with very like traditional lineages and such. Um, or just certain animals that have very specific meanings, uh, which I think are all of value. And I love an animal oracle deck. Oracle deck. Um, yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, but it does seem like it is important to take your own personal understanding of it, right? Yeah. I don't think power animals and an animal oracle deck are the same thing necessarily. Yeah. I think oracle decks are using the language of animal symbolism to help communicate something to you, whereas a power animal is literally a relationship with an animal spirit that you are developing over time for your own protection, well-being, and guardianship. So we want to be really careful, and I always advise, you know, clients and students not to immediately go look up, like, what does bear mean? Because again, animism is all about trusting your own experiences. And so if you're immediately surrendering your own ability to let the meaning come to you, and you're just putting on somebody else's interpretation of the animal, you have taken a shortcut that may not work out to your best interest. Right. Right. That having been said, 
I think researching the animal itself as it exists in the wild is always helpful. And you might find that what the animal eats or how the animal mates or even the climate in which the animal lives has some sort of meaning or message about what you need at that time. I think the only real way to know who your power animals are is to meet them in non-ordinary reality. So either to take a spirit trip, hire someone to take a spirit trip for you, or try to do some dream work around it. But just to pull a card, like who's my power animal, I don't really think it works that way. Yeah. I think it's it's like pulling a tarot card. You know, like the tarot card is not a guide. It's not like an ally. It's a message. Exactly. So oracle decks are using animals as messengers, whereas a power animal is literally an animal spirit that is connected and in some ways invested in your well-being. Yeah. So I think just important for people to know that, yeah, when you're pulling a card uh, and say, yeah, you pull a bear card from an animal oracle deck that, yeah, that doesn't necessarily associate it as your power animal, but it is like an animal essence that you can take in for the day. Now, sometimes you will have an experience with an animal in real life, in ordinary reality, that is freaky, mystical, you can't ignore it, and that might be a power animal working extra hard over time above right, its pay to grade you, to yeah. come through for you. And I've had that experience, Yeah, but it's rare. And oftentimes, after you have been reconnected with a power animal, they will work really hard to appear in ordinary reality within a couple of days just to reassert that they are real, that you're not making this up. This is a real thing. So if anything, it's important to continue to cultivate that relationship with your power animal so that it doesn't, you know, climb into your bedroom window at night and be like, yo, I'm here. And sometimes that's just their way of saying like, hey, I miss you. (laughs) And you're all, thanks, bear. Now get out of my house. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, hey, you haven't been here for a while and you would feel a lot better if you spent a little time with me. Because just a basic animistic principle is that like we feel better when we're power filled and that we can't necessarily generate the power that we need, even though as contemporary humans, we think we can. We're control Mm -hmm. freaks. We can do it all. We can do it all ourselves. But to have a power animal reminds you that there is a source of power to which you can go. Yeah. And I've had really miraculous experiences with certain power animals who have helped me with certain things. Like I have a particular power animal that helps me with my recovery from marijuana. Right. That was, you know, retrieved for me along with the soul parts that, you know, kind of kept me using over time. And so I really rely heavily on that power animal when I'm feeling not so power-filled in my recovery. Now, there's other things I also do for my recovery. I go to MA meetings and I have suspensi and things of that nature. But the power animal is really useful in hard moments. And I have power animals that help me when I do certain healings. I have power animals that connect me to certain places. And I have other spirits as well, you know, ancestral spirits and and spiritual teachers. But there's something special about the power animals because in some ways I feel them most, like in my body. And there's something about embodiment that power animals can teach us, which is why dancing the animal, or even like when you exercise out in nature, calling them to you, you can start to feel the expansion of your own humanity into something primordial. Yeah, I feel like the power animal is just even like the greatest gateway into generating a good relationship with your larger spirit team. Yeah. 
And I think there's something really pure about animals just in general. So if you have a complicated relationship with God, the goddess, universe, to have an animal mm-hmm. ambassador yeah. for the divine, it's, it's so a, helpful. It's really helpful. And, and you can feel that unconditional love and that support, and it can help you have a place to pin your trust, your prayers, and your faith. Yeah. Get a little stuffy version of it. For sure. And you can just like cuddle it and be like, spirit, I need a cuddle. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's what they're there for. Now, you might find that some power animals are fierce and they aren't going to cuddle you. (laughs) They're going to be pretty strict with you. You know, that's part of what they bring. And then there are others that are tender and that will heal you and, and cradle you. Yeah. But they'll do both sometimes. Yeah, for sure. They'll do all of it. Yeah, you never know. But it's a pretty amazing relationship and it's a pretty amazing entry point into an animist spiritual practice. And so I really encourage you just to think about how you might be able to start to connect with with a power animal in your life. And some might be with you and some you might need to kind of call forth. Um, And so definitely like, you know, over the course of the next few months, if you come to a spirit world circle, we will definitely facilitate a power animal um, spirit trip for you so that you can have that. Uh, But also you can kind of do it yourself too. Like I said, if you listen to that one episode we did about how to take a shamanic journey, and then we actually have a drumming track um, linked on the website. If you just go to all the podcasts on our website, so you can you can do it yourself if you're a Capricorn or a Virgo, um, or maybe even an Aries. <laughs> yes. You're just going to dive right in. Just do a DIY spirit yeah. trip. Yeah. I actually feel like a lot of science would be able to, to do it themselves. Yeah. Um, but we're also here to hold space and to help. And, and sometimes you do, need, you do need someone to kind of hold the space and, and call in the spirits to support. And that's kind of why we do what it is that we do. So, yeah. Hit us up if you have any questions. Do you see auras? What? Do you see auras? Only very rarely. Do you? Oh, I'm seeing yours right now. Are you really? Yeah, but it's not like, I just see like, I don't know if it's an aura or just, but I can see your energy field. Like, can you just see energy fields like around people? Or no? <laughs> just honestly, a thing? Not, honestly, not really. No, uh, I would have to be in non-ordinary reality to see what's going on. Oh, I have experiences like that. Like right What now, does my I'm, energy field look like? I mean, it just it just looks like uh, it looks like what you would think of as an aura, but it's like in the shape all around you. Is it gorgeous? Like move your arm. Yeah, I just see. I just see it's almost like a like a bubble around you. It's like an extra layer around you is how I see it. Actually, when you move like that, I don't see it as much. It's just kind of when you're sitting, but maybe it's just. Maybe it's just a well. I was gonna say that the a, a trick the lights playing, but we're actually sitting in a pretty dark room right now, so maybe that's why I see it even better. I don't know. I was just curious. I remember my mom was always trying to get us to like practicing auras when we would go to temple, mm. and, and it was just like so long and so boring. And she would say like, "This is a perfect time to like practice seeing auras and just like look around." But it's not really a. I'm much more clairaudient than I am clairvoyant, unfortunately. So I don't, I don't really get to see it unless I'm like in non-ordinary reality working with a, well, that's the other thing. Interestingly enough, you know, like there are power animals that can help you develop certain gifts, you know? So you merge with a certain power animal and they can help you see things that you wouldn't be able to see otherwise. Right, right. But you didn't answer my question. What? Is it gorgeous? Oh, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's not like it's like glittering, glowing light. Like I said, it's just kind of like, 
a light orb around you. It's not. Um, you just couldn't lie to me. You couldn't just say it was gorgeous. Oh my god, it is stunning. Thank you. It's like I feel it. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Layers. Does it have a color, or is it just kind of like a, like a clear? You're just seeing my boundary. You're seeing my boundary. Yeah, I'm just seeing like your energetic field. Like I said, but yeah, I'm not seeing color. I don't think I see. I, I'm not. Does that. it look cohesive? Or maybe any, I need like, to work on it more. Tears or holes in it? No, it's cohesive. Any like cords? Is anybody cording me these Except days? Except for that, there's just like one hole right by your heart. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna. I want to turn around so you can see it in the back too. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I think it's just. Yeah, again, it's just kind of like a energetic, like shape of you. So even when you move, it's kind of like, whomp. but it's not. I'm I'm not seeing anything like, you know, I feel like the way I'm describe or the way you're envisioning it is not at all probably how I'm seeing it. It's not like a really vivid light presentation by any means have you seen it before oh yeah oh so you just like peep in my energetic field all the time uh, i see energetic fields of people in general and do they all look the same or are they variations um sometimes people's seem a little like more vivid around them i guess but it just depends on also like the space I'm in. And it's not all the time by any means. Like you, sometimes I'll just be like sitting in a meeting with someone and I'll be like staring around. When I used to work in an office, when I used to work in production, like I'd be in a meeting with a writer and I'd just be like, oh, wow. I'm like seeing your energy around you. Can you see noches? Not at the moment, no. But have you ever seen noches? I don't think so. Huh, curious. But I think I have to like notice it and then focus on it. Got it. I'm with you. I noticed it. And now it's kind of, now, now it's just, I see it. You're attuned to it. I'm attuned to it. Anyhow, that was a sharp left. Well, but what fun. <laughs> I was just super curious. What fun. Let me know if you all see energy fields or if you have an explanation as to what it is I'm seeing. Um, but anyhow, now let's pull a tarot card for the episode. All right. So just take a moment and. Just settle yourself however you can. Connect to the cards by listening in to the sound of them being shuffled. And just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. So the card that we all need the message of is... The Eight of Pentacles. So the Eight of Pentacles shows a figure literally making money. They are making a pentacle. So it's a busy period, but what it's really about is an evolution of our technique or our skill. You're moving into craftsmanship in a way that you've never done before. So stick with whatever it is that you've been working at, but let it evolve. There's an up-leveling that wants to happen, and the up-leveling happens through just doing it. There's that like 10,000 hours theory, like whatever you do for 10,000 hours, it builds that groove in your neural pathways, and that's how you up-level yourself in the work that you're doing. So I would just say that continue to commit 
to whatever that passion is, that project is. If you're a writer or a songwriter or a seamstress or a sculptor or a, a dream gardener, a, yes, a dreamstress. But whatever that is, spend this time until we meet again, really noticing how you can expand your technique and your skill so that you're not relying on the same old tricks, but you have new tricks that want to come through for you. Well, I'm ready for some new tricks. Yeah. I that, mean, it's, that it's came a, out wrong. Sorry. It's a girl. <laughs> it's an evolution of what it is that you've been doing. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but right. allow yourself to expand in all directions around it. Take it to the next level. Yeah. Bring it to the runway. Runway. Run, run, run. Runway. All right, babies. Thank you for being here. We love you so much. We miss you. We want to see you. We will be announcing our spring semester of online courses coming soon. Yeah. So just stay tuned for that. We're definitely going to do a little astrology course and an animism course. We might do them a la carte. So it's like you can buy a week as opposed to the whole course. We're not quite sure. We're still figuring it out. So yeah. Like if you see one week's uh, You're like, oh, I really topic. want to learn about like the moon void, but I'm not really interested in astrocartography. Right. Then maybe you can just buy that one class. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but we miss you. We want to see you in virtual space. Of course, we want to see you in real space. So hopefully you'll think about joining us for the retreat. And maybe we'll see you in a breathwork or an astro club or a spirit world circle sometime soon. Yeah. If you always want to find out information about uh, what we have going on, you can do so at our website, thespiritualgaze.com. At the bottom of that main page is where you can sign up for our newsletter. And uh, you can, of course, always find us on the social medias at The Spiritual Gaze on Instagram, at Spiritual Gaze on Twitter, The Spiritual Gaze on Facebook. Uh, the spiritual gaze on TikTok. Yes, maybe Manny. is a thing. Who I'm knows trying. what it's going to be? I'm trying to make our TikTok viable. But you so. can look for us there. I think it is just spiritual gaze on TikTok, right? Yeah, I think so. And who the f knows where else you'll find us? But um, until then, this has been your transit through the spiritual gaze.